Good morning, brothers and sisters. It's good to worship God this morning. I want to thank all of you who are visiting and worshiping with us here virtually today. Thank you so much for joining our church. My name is Marcel Hall. We're going to continue with the sermon series that we began last week called Days That Change the World. And so you can look at this really as like a four-part series of the Easter story, a four-part series of the resurrection, because undoubtedly the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus have changed the world. And so we have been and we will continue to study that out for our series. And so today is episode number two. And so let's go ahead and let's pray before we dig into the text. God, I pray right now that you will speak through me. God, I pray that your message will provide strength, conviction, hope, and decision. God, that you will produce in every single one of us a greater heart for you, a greater faith, and a greater decision to honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be looking at John chapter 12. So if you would like, you can go ahead and turn over in your Bibles to John chapter 12. Bruce Williams started us off last week talking about how Jesus, knowing that his mission and purpose was to come to earth, was to die upon the cross and resurrect. As the days neared, he became resolute about this and that he was resolved to make sure that he fulfilled God's will. And so in John chapter 12, we're taking it up to now the week before Jesus' resurrection, in which some have coined Palm Sunday or Passion Sunday. And so we're going to take it up in John chapter 12 in verse 12. So let's go ahead and let's read it. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. We'll stop right there. Let's picture this scene. Here you have Jesus coming down the Mount of Olives. And it turns into this huge celebration, this huge honoring. It kind of reminds me of uh, Bruce and Robin Williams' drive-by retirement celebration that we had last week. It was a great time. People are driving like 50, 100 cars, whatever it was. People are shouting, honking horns. Caleb Alexander is on his uh, blow horn or, or megaphone, whatever it is. And he's yelling out, people, I love you, bro. Oh, this is great. This is awesome. And we love you, Robin, and giving flowers and all kind of stuff. And it was great. It was this great kind of uh, situation. However, I think that paled in comparison to what took place in Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem. You see, it, 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 it was all these people. There was a crowd that had came. And they're yelling out and they're screaming out, Hosanna, which was a term of praise. And so they're calling him the king of Israel. Now we love Bruce and Robin, but nobody was calling him the king of Orange County. And they were yelling out, Jesus, you're the king of Israel. Blessed are you who come in the name of the Lord. And, and, and Jesus is riding on a donkey. And so 
It was a donkey. So you know it took some time. So this wasn't a quick drive-by celebration. This thing was magnified. It was huge. And people are yelling out. And there's people from really all types that are coming. You have some that they're just coming because they want to see what's going on. They, uh, it's like a viral video or the trending topic. And so they want to see what's happening. And then you have some who, who are there who believe that Jesus might be the Messiah. However, in their minds, they're thinking a political Messiah, one who would overthrow the Roman control and that the Jewish people would be a great nation again. And it's interesting because as we look at this, this is Jesus's only time in his earthly ministry where he permitted a public demonstration like this. It's the only time that he allowed a public demonstration. And so it's interesting because I asked the question, well, why? Why now and why in this way? Well, I believe it's this, and these are the main points here for our time. It's the declaration and the fulfillment. You see, what Jesus was doing here, he was declaring clear as day that he is the promised Messiah, that he is the true king of kings. He is the king of God's people. And he rode in on a donkey and not on a horse, and that was by design. One, because a donkey that was, I mean, if you rode in, if kings rode in during those times on a horse, it meant war. But if a king rode in on a donkey, it meant peace. And so what Jesus is doing at this time is declaring himself to be king, but the king of peace. Bringing peace between God and mankind. And he chooses again to declare himself in this fashion with the audience with a specific reason. So that the whole world would take notice. So that all those would know. But they would also know that he was fulfilling prophecy about the Messiah. And we see this actually mentioned here in John. And so what John does in this verse here. He quotes from a prophet, Zechariah. Because see, Zechariah was one of many prophets who had a message from God. And it was about the, the coming Messiah. Who would again restore God's people. And so we see here, John, go ahead and quote Zechariah right here. And it says here, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. And so he says he was seated on a donkey's colt. And so Jesus, he, he knows exactly what he's doing. And he's doing this on purpose. Because he wants those who know their Bible, and here's a lesson, we need to know our Bible. But he knows that, hey, look, those who are waiting for the Messiah, I've already been giving them signs. I've already been fulfilling this. But now as I enter in and we are about to enter into what is called the Passion Week, in which the day that will ultimately change the world is resurrection. I'm letting you know ahead of time that I am the king. I am the prophesied Messiah. And this is powerful. But he also knew that most people didn't really understand what was going on. And we can appreciate that because there's many times in our lives where we don't know exactly what's going on in the moment. But after the fact, we understand. And even the disciples understood this. Look what it said again in verse 16. It says, at first the disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. So this was like an aha moment. After Jesus resurrected, it was like, oh, I get it now. 
Oh, oh, you fulfilled. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, 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 wow. That was, I'm sure, what the feeling and reaction was like for the apostles back then and the disciples and all those who came to faith. And still is the reaction for us. Because we've all had those moments where we're like, oh, 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 I get it. Wow. And that's the way it is when we study out the scriptures. And we can see that Jesus is the king, but he's the prophesied Messiah. All these prophecies about the Messiah were fulfilled in Jesus. Wow. And this is what Jesus was doing. He was declaring himself, putting everyone on notice that he is the Messiah. But did you notice that everybody was excited about this? You had what, we, what I like to call the savior haters, right? You had the savior haters. They were hating. They weren't player haters. They were savior haters. They were hating on Jesus. And they actually, they didn't even realize it, but they somewhat prophesied themselves. They said the whole world is going after them. And that is true because the whole world has gone after Jesus and still is. You see, he's not just the king of Israel, but he's the king of the world. And again, Jesus is letting it be known. And it would become clear as day when he resurrected. You know, another thing that stood out to me as I was studying this out, and it just it, it just, it, it fired me up, was just the act of courage this was by Jesus. You see, Jesus was a marked man going into this moment. In fact, we even know, if we, we go back in John, we go back to John chapter 11, look, look at this verse here, it says, So from that day on, they plotted to take his life. So Jesus knew that there was a system in place, and there were people in place ready to not just arrest him, but to take his life. And what does Jesus do as he enters into the city? He goes and he hides. No, that's not what he did. He 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 he, he snuck into town. No, that's not what he did. No, he went out and had the biggest public demonstration in his earthly ministry. And he declared himself to be the king of God's people, the spiritual true king and the Messiah who had been prophesied about. He says, guys, I'm that one. What a bold act. I know when there's people after me and I don't even have people after me. But when I thought there was people after me, I usually am not thinking, hey, let's go ahead and be bold right now. I'm thinking, how can I be safe? How can I be smart? How can I be wise? I mean, think about it. If you know the government or, 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 or somebody was after you at your job, and you, you, you would probably come in a little differently. You wouldn't come in and say, hey, guess what? I'm in the house, y'all. That wouldn't be your, 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 your natural inclination. But Jesus comes in with no fear, bold. It says the king is here. The Messiah is here. That's incredible. A bold claim. And he knew that such a claim and such an act would create a clash between him and his opponents that would ultimately lead to the crucifixion. Again, we're talking about the days that changed the world. And this is one of the days that changed the world because, again, Jesus is declaring ahead of time so that after the resurrection, when people look back, they would say, oh, I get it. He is the king. He did fulfill all the prophecies. 
to reassure them and us today that our faith in Jesus is solidified. It is justified that he is the promised Messiah, the one who would take away our sins. And so what should we do with this as we contemplate the day to change the world again this day was set up what has been called the passion week it was jesus would clearly declare with his lifestyle with his teachings with his serving with his healing with his preaching that he is the messiah what do we do in response to the fulfillment and the declaration today well i believe it's simple i believe we need to honor the king you see, we need to honor the king because there's a difference between just praising the king and honoring the king. We don't have to go anywhere but stay in this text to realize this. I mean, let's look at this. They said, oh, Hosanna, which again was a, a, an expression of praise. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. I mean, man, they are getting some high acclaim here. These it's harder to find some language to use to give somebody more props than this. I mean, they're praising Jesus. However, within five days, the crowds are saying, crucify him. Hosanna, king of Israel, five days later, crucify him. You see, you can praise the king, but it doesn't mean that you honor the king. You can praise the king, but it doesn't mean that you honor the king. And our response to this needs to be to honor the king. Not to just give our lip service, but to honor the king. I mean, think about this. It, it, going back to Bruce and Robin, we had this great celebration. And, and then the next day, we, we were trolling them on, on, online, on social media. Or uh, we, we, we were saying negative things about them. Or, or, or we were doing something. We would say, wow, that, that's hideous there. I, I can't. Weren't you just, you know, last week blowing, you know, your, 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 you know, your, your, uh, the blow horns and all that type of stuff. And now look at how does that happen? That doesn't make any sense. Again, it doesn't make sense because spiritually we could do that. You and I could do that. We could praise God, but then our lifestyles don't reflect honor. You see, it's one thing to praise the king, but that that's not what he's looking for. You see, what's required, what's naturally demanded what the king did by declaring and fulfilling the prophecy, but most of all by dying and resurrecting, is for us to honor him. And so, brothers and sisters, the response for this is for you to honor the king. Honor the king today with your life. So not with just lip service. Honor the king with what you do once you turn this video off. Honor the king with how you treat your spouse. Honor the king with how you treat your, your roommate. Honor the king with how you treat your siblings. Honor the king with what you'll be watching on Netflix tomorrow night. Honor the king with how you work from home. Honor the king with what you spend your money on. Honor the king with your daily life, with your words. Honor the king. That's our response to the declaration and the fulfillment. Again, not to just say Hosanna, not to just give some verbal lip service, but it's to truly submit to the rule and the lordship of Jesus with our lives. That's honoring the king. That's true praise.
And so wherever you are at spiritually, today is a day in which you can respond to the king by making a decision to honor him. To not just praise him, but to honor him. Because boy, oh boy, he is worth it. And so again, if this is your introduction to the faith, or you've been a man or woman of faith many years, I pray that you and I will both make a decision that with our lives we will honor the king. Days that changed the world. Palm Sunday or Passion Sunday is the day of the king's declaration. The day in which he would put people on notice that he was fulfilling the prophecies. And it was the day that would usher in the Holy Week that would lead ultimately to the resurrection and the first Easter. Brothers and sisters, let's make sure that we honor the king. Let's pray for the communion. God, thank you so much for the scriptures. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you so much for the emblems that represent his body and blood that was sacrificed. God, I pray that everyone that's listening is moved by your scriptures, has been moved to honor you, has been inspired by Jesus' courage. God, I know I am. I want to be a man of courage like Jesus. And God, I want to sacrifice. I want to honor you with my words, with my thoughts, with the way I treat my family. And God, I'm so grateful that you give us this opportunity today. And I pray that every single one of us takes advantage of that opportunity. And as we take these emblems, God, that we are grateful, we are humbled, and we're inspired. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, especially those visiting, we'll have episode number three next week of Days That Change the World. Have a great Sunday. We wanted to leave you guys with some discussion questions that you guys can do with your groups after you take communion. And here are the questions. With the current times, how does the reality of Jesus being king bring you comfort? Second one, what is one way you can honor the king this week?